This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another Double Tap for Tuesday, the 18th of October 2022. We're continuing our conversation today all about audio description, and we're going to be hearing from one of the audio describers on many, many hit shows for Netflix. And he's blind. (laughs) Winner, winner, chicken dinner. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. I feel like I'm at bingo and I've just shouted house. That was amazing. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. God bless you, sir. There you You go. You are a professional. I salute you. I salute you. Good uh, morning, good afternoon, good evening. How are you today, Sean Priest? I'm very good. Thank you, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're talking today about Audio Describe TV. Continuing the conversation with Thomas Reed today. Now, yesterday, of course, we spoke to Eric Wickstrom and Liz Gutman from the International Digital Centre. IDC. Uh, IDC, yes. yes, absolutely, on the subject of audio description. And it was a really fascinating conversation. Not just, I think, from the point of view of, of the fact that they're just doing great work, but I think also just by the fact that they are encouraging more blind people and actually employing blind people to do the gig. And also, on top of that, if that's not cool enough... They're actually encouraging other companies to do the same. It's not like they're just wanting to do all this by themselves and get the, the, the you know, the, the the notification or the credit, whatever it is, the credit for it, <laughs> the credibility, the, the credibility, uh, uh, the attitude, uh, the normality, whatever the words are. <laughs> just empty words onto the table. Let's pick one. Make your own. Up. Winner, winner, chicken um, dinner. Look, <laughs> that was class. <laughs> no, yeah, but that's exactly the thing. Right, that they're putting the effort into it. They they see the the value of audio description. It isn't just a case of quickly knocking out some sort of voiceover and nailing it on top of the audio, right? Uh, not the way there's we do more... things. That's right. No, of course not. No, there's more to it. And, and uh, yeah, they're, they're, their commitment, right? Because it is, as you said, it's not just keeping it to themselves, right? It, they're, they're, they're invested in making audio description better. And to do that, they're offering to help other companies, which is absolutely amazing. And, you know, Eric and Liz are two people who I think really... You know, I get really annoyed sometimes when people get a little bit on the sighties. I mean, I've done it myself. I know I've, I've been guilty of it, but I kind of... Accolades. Thank you. What? They don't want all the accolades to themselves. Oh, there we go. That's a good word. Yeah, let's... Thank let, you. Let's edit that in later. Right, okay. If only there was a way we could do that. <laughs> um, but honestly, you know, I think that the, 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 the sighted people who just do not... They, they, they just get it. You know? They just yes, get yes. it. And there's a lot yep. of sighted people out there who just, I mean, everyone likes to use the word ally these days. I can't stand that word in that context. Mm, just, mm, at the end of the mm. day, it's just people who get it. And some people do, some people don't. But Eric and Liz do, and the whole team do. And the fact that they've, you know, given so much time and effort to doing this right and doing it in a really meaningful way, I think it's just brilliant. And today is perfect evidence of that, because we're going to hear from Thomas Reed, who's blind himself. He is the voice of many, many Netflix shows and other shows on Amazon Prime and other places as well that you'll hear his voice if you use audio description. You'll hear Thomas's voice. It is very well known. So as soon as he starts talking later, you'll go, oh, him. Ah. Oh, I've and heard also, that before. And yeah. also, we can't play any clips because Netflix will kill us. So, you know, but we, you know, that's Oh, fine. no, we're fine. Me and Netflix, we're like that. Yeah, I pay I'm, my I'm, sub. I need to audio describe my finger motion. It, I, uh, I can't do it. Yes. No, it's fine. Netflix look, won't mind. You and I both know uh, the audio description is great when it's there, when it's done properly, and we've obviously mm-hmm. praised the work that IDC do for Netflix. And you know, I was watching uh, uh, what was it, Apple TV's Bad Sisters the other night. That was quite good, and the audio description and it was brilliant. Funnily enough, we'd started watching something on the BBC over here, and um, it was just awful. The, the AD was just—it was almost non-existent. It was—you know—I felt like the guy was sitting reading a paper, and every so often he'd kind of look up and go. Oh, yeah, she stabbed him. Yes. Yeah, and that yeah, was it. You know, it's absolutely like, right. Yeah. Really? Why bother? So, yeah. But then we, so we gave up on the show because it wasn't funny anyway. The show was terrible. But we, So we gave up on it. And we thought, we'll put on this, this, let's see what this is, right? Because everyone's talking about bad sisters on Apple TV. It was actually very funny. So we put that on. And first thing my wife says to me is, God, isn't the audio description on this so much better? And yeah. you know what? That well, makes the show as well, right? That's AD done right. It's right. It's taking pride in it knowing that people actually do appreciate it. Absolutely. But of course, we can complain, and we do complain when it's not there. And oftentimes that's the problem as well. It's, it's where it is. So, you know, 
getting the audio mm. description on the platform you want, with the availability. I know Netflix has been um, panned a little bit because of Better Call Saul recently. You know, the whole controversy around some of the episodes not actually being described, or at least being described yes. but not available with description, which really, you know, frankly annoyed a lot of people, and quite rightly so. So, oh, you know, man, th- this it, is the problem, right? Ten- we, we, we do get annoyed about it because we, we just, we need it. I mean, it's just, I go back to this thing. If you ever put a TV show out with a picture on it, I don't think many people would be happy about that. You would get the odd complaint. I think right? you might, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It took 10 years for me to watch Breaking Bad because I was waiting for audio description to come through. Yeah. You know, and it, it came through on Netflix. How wild last is that? Year, year before. I know. 10 absolutely. years to watch a show just because it doesn't have AD. The biggest hit show that everyone was watching as well yeah. it was absolutely crazy i well, bought the uh, tarantino collection oh yeah. yesterday not one of those films was audio described <sighs> well i must Tarant- have, I, I maybe wouldn't tell quentin that because he's you know gets a bit shouty He'd beat me up yeah, yeah probably yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. i've seen okay. these movies i get the inset get the progression he's uh <laughs> violence in the brain <laughs> thank uh, you very much sir yeah, thanks for anything. We'll take anything. It's okay. I'll just take the soundtrack. It's okay. Uh, but I want to bring in a, a different side to this conversation. And you might remember this conversation or this this email, this feedback we got recently on Double Tap. Um, let's hear from Piers, who got in touch with us uh, from uh, Ontario. I have another complaint about audio description is that uh, television commercials uh, are sometimes totally unintelligible to people with vision impairment because it's just music or it's just... Um, people talking but no identification of the product. Uh, I think it's a disservice to, to, to visually impaired people that uh, they're ignored. Uh, there are a few television commercials that do have audio description, but they're very few and far between. Um, I think not enough is said about this. I know even uh, I've, I've had, uh, I've, I've asked questions about to my family about some commercials, and some of them were even Apple commercials. There was an Apple Watch commercial, but unless somebody told me who it was from, I was I would never have any idea. Mm. Um, uh, maybe you guys can have a discussion about this, or I don't know how, what the commercial um, situation is in England, but in Canada, in the United States, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's advertised on TV with. Uh, no clue as to what they're selling. I think it's uh, it, it should be better. Uh, thanks again. Goodbye. Yeah, no, thank you for that, Piers. I really appreciate that comment. We did play that comment in before, but it was right at the end of a show and we didn't get a chance to really delve into it. And I thought, let's go back to that today yes. because um, it's a good opportunity to bring it up since we're talking AD anyway. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it is the case across the UK, across Canada, across the US. There are some examples where TV advertising is starting to get audio-described features in there, you know, so the voice is starting to be added in. Um, But it is few and far between. It is funny, right, because Apple ads don't have AD, but yet pretty much everything else does, all their their, uh, show trailers. Yeah, you would think they would be, yeah, they'd be at the forefront of this, right? Over here in the UK, this started a couple of years ago when the the first audio-described commercials came out. And there was a bit of a uh, you know a bit of excitement about it. I think it was from the RNIB, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, that there, I know there. You know, when they do something about guide dogs and things like that, there's uh, their audio described. And I think Procter and Gamble over here with their toiletries, a lot of theirs I've noticed are audio described. It's, it's funny though. It's one of those where you know what I don't care about the advert, so I'm not going to complain <laughs> too much. <laughs> so, but. We, I mean, you know, well, you don't know what bit... it is. That's a problem. I mean, if you exactly if you have no right. idea I... what they're selling you, then why would you it's... be interested? There is so many of those, and Piers is absolutely right. Where you get to the end, and I'm always going. So what was that about then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, driving the kids mad, and they never tell me. But um, yeah, absolutely. It's such a short space of time, though. It makes me laugh because the audio described uh, commercials that I've heard, they're so fast. It's always because they're trying to get it in before yeah. you know in between the dialogue if there is any. So, yeah, but it, no, it's a fair point. It is. Well, I, look, I'm looking into this, and I managed to find, thanks to the ACB in the states, I managed to find a website which kind of laid out some really interesting examples of this, and I've pulled a few in for you today just to have a listen to. And for those who are listening to this, who are uh, who are low vision or people who are sighted, who are listening to this. I think you might be quite interested here. So I'm going to play you an example. I'm going to play the same advert. I'm going to see what the company is. Not yet, anyway. Um, I, I just want to play these in for you. So the first 
ad I'm playing, and it's the same ad both times, but the first ad, first time we'll play it, will be without audio description. So no description. This is how it goes out on TV. And the second time will have audio description. So let's see the difference between the two. Okay, so this is the ad without AD. Quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker and is two times more absorbent than the leading ordinary brand. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Okay, so at least we know what the product is. Yeah. But what the heck was going on there? <laughs> there was a lot of no slow-motion nose. That's what yeah, I so heard. Have, have you any idea? Because you, ha- I didn't play these to you before, deliberately. I wanted to see if there was any sense you got of what was going on in that ad. No, uh, kids running around and a long no. So I'm assuming they knocked a drink over or something, only because they then said bounty and, you know, that must be kitchen roll or something. Okay. So, yes, that's my assessment of it. Well, let's hear it. The same ad with audio description. A little girl runs around dressed as a pirate. (laughs) She pokes dad with her play sword and surprised he spills his coffee. Everything slows down as the coffee heads toward his other daughter's laptop. The quicker picker-upper. Bounty clean spill. Bounty picks up messes quicker and is two times more absorbent than the leading ordinary brand. Bounty absorbs more coffee than other paper towel. Dad chases daughter. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. So there you go. Um, Uh, We missed the entire pirate theme, though. Missed Missed the pirate theme? Yeah, and that's essential. I mean, I missed so much. Actually, I'm joking about it. But you know what? When I first listened to that, I thought, Oh, there's so many pauses there where I I could just hear the audio description fitting in perfectly. Yeah. And it did. I thought that audio description was done really well in that case, actually. Well, it was lucky because it wasn't too uh, dense with dialogue. So that was good. And and that often yeah. isn't the case with these ads. Um, I, I find that eBay ads are a bit like that. You know, they're quite tight and they do try to add in description, but it can be quite difficult. Again, in the UK, that can be a thing. And I wonder, yeah. you know, it's interesting because I also, you know, it depends on your TV. I guess you have to have AD turned on all the time. Uh, because the, otherwise the ad won't display with the AD. Uh, and those ads were TV ads. So these were not ever going to be on the radio or anything. So, you know, some would say, well, they're not built for radio. But that's not the point. The point is that it should be accessible. And one thing here at AMI that I learned about, this, the first thing I learned about AMI was their insistence about IDV, integrated described video, because yes. they believe that it should just be part of the script. You know, if you treat everything like it's a radio ad, or it's a radio show, then you don't have to worry about audio description because you're, you're telling people who aren't listening. I, we, we in the UK have a lot of talk radio stations now that have moved on to television. And what they've yes. done is they've kind of forgotten that they're on the radio. So they'll say things like, oh, look at this. There's a picture I'm putting up on screen here. Look, look at this. And, and you're just like, what are you talking about? I'm listening on the radio. Yeah. And actually you never starting describe to- it. But it's starting to change because I'm now hearing them say, well, let me describe this for our, our listeners on the radio, which is the same as what we want, right? That's what we need. So if we could just get people to think a little bit, you know, it's just people, people just put things in boxes so easily and they kind of yeah. just forget, oh, well, you're watching it. So why would you care what it sounds like? Well, why bother having sound at all? Um, yeah, and all it takes is that little bit of guidance, right? It's just uh, someone saying, hey, just describe everything you're doing. You know, just be mindful of it. And after a while, you don't even think about it anyway, right? I just think that's a brilliant example of, you know, how it works and, you know, the difference with, like you say, you were able to pick up a little bit, but there were elements you missed. And it's it's so interesting because all the things I, when I watch TV now with audio description, you know, I'm looking at the screen and I'm really looking at it to try and see what they're describing sometimes. And I think, I don't even know what you're talking about. There's things (laughs) on that screen clearly I can't see. Uh You know what I mean? It's yes. like, you no, know, absolutely. And, and then you think to yourself, well, and if that's the case, how much have I missed over the years? Uh, yeah. or, you know, by not being able to, or thinking I can see it all. And then, re- and that's why I kind of would well, love to go back to previous, um, like movies and stuff I haven't seen before. You know, or see, or sorry, seen oh, before, ab- but, but, you know, not seen for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Even the, 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 you know, some really well known ones, you go back and think, I totally missed that. It's only audio description that points out to me. 
But uh, going back to the adverts, right? How many adverts are just music only with no absolutely. dialogue at all? There is quite a lot of those and you know, absolutely no clues to go off of those. So, um, yeah, audio description all the way. Pierce is absolutely right. Well, you know, I love the movie WALL-E uh, because it's about a robot. <sighs> Uh, 30 and- minutes of pure nothing at the start of that. I gave up. I got so bored. Because you need the AD. Although I will say, I will say this, there are times when I wish I could mute AD. Because one thing I'll say about the, um, and I think sometimes the, the, the script with the AD tends to focus on the visuals, obviously, that's its purpose. But I think it sometimes misses the impact of the music. So, like, I, was, I think I talked about this before with The Greatest Showman. I, I mean, The Greatest Showman was, is a great movie. I've only seen half of it. I've never gone back to it. You know, the, the half I saw, I mean, it seems to me like this, this guy just sings the same song. Half a movie. Well, he's been singing the same song for the first half, so I don't know where it's going after this. I don't know how they get a soundtrack out of it. I'm, third, I'm like 40 minutes in, and he hasn't stopped singing the first song. <laughs> um, but what I kind of thought was interesting was that the AD talked all over it. And I thought, you're kind of missing the point here. And I know that they have to describe what's going on. You kind of, I suppose you kind of wish for a bit of time shifting going on, right? It's not going to happen, but you kind of wish they could just stop and say, right, look, they're about to get in this musical sequence. This is going to happen. Now let's enjoy the musical sequence, right? <laughs> you know, I kind of want them yeah. to, because I, I, I find sometimes that, you know, I like music. I like listening to this stuff, but I, I feel it's very, um, it's kind of overshadowed, you know? It's almost like you do want to switch it on and off at that point, yeah. right? There, there's a, the X-ray feature button. on on Amazon Video. Where it gives you extra little, you know, something about, oh, this character was what? Or look out for this mistake in this scene and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you don't want that when you're actually watching the movie. But it's really cool to go back to. And I think, yeah, in the case of a musical, just, you know, I want to enjoy the song. I don't want to hear what they're yeah. doing. Listen, screen, let's, really. let's take a break because I want to come back with Thomas Reed, who is an audio describer. He's going to talk about his story, how he got into all of this and what he's doing. Uh, with his spare time, which is very interesting stuff that's going on. Thomas Reed joins us next on Double Tap. Stay right there. Send us your feedback to feedback at ami.ca. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And let's introduce our guest today. Thomas Reed is an audio describer. Uh, and I got the chance to sit down and talk to him a couple of weeks back just uh, to talk to him about his life and his career. He's a fascinating guy. So Thomas Reed talks to Double Tap now. Audio description, one of my favourite things, frankly. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure like you, watching TV and movies without it would be almost impossible. Absolutely. it's it's. I mean, it's possible, but then I just don't know what happened in the film that I'm watching. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You get lost. And so it's, it seems it ends up seeming like a uh, it can be a waste of time for me personally. I know there are a lot of people who seem to kind of dig that challenge and I'm not one of them. So totally with you. Totally with you on that. I, mean, I think it's it's one of those things where, you know, it, it is the difference between enjoying it and knowing what's going on. I mean, even old movies. I don't know if you've ever delved back. Movies that Love, maybe didn't have tap. AD, didn't Did know do. And when you go back Check and watch oh, them, that's what that meant, or that's what AMI went on there. TV and it really does feel like light. How did you get into all this? So, yeah, I got into AD when I became blind. So, I wasn't so soon after that, I got into AD when I first, after losing my sight, when I first kind of went into my family room one day. There was no one in the house. And I was like, you know what? I want to kind of just veg out and, and lose myself and not think about anything. And so I found the remote control. That took about a half an hour. And, <laughs> and I turned on, uh, I found it was HBO. And I turned on the program and I caught the a film that was just beginning. And, uh, you know, I started to watch it and, and realized, oh, I'm not going to know everything that's happening on that. Literally before that, I didn't think about it, right? Mm. Um, and I got to this movie, and it was the, uh, I think it was, and I, I, you know, as much as I talk about it, you think I would go and check on this, but I really need to put that on my to-do list is to check. I think it was Million Dollar Baby. I think it may have been that movie, because I know it was, I think Morgan Freeman was in it. Oh, yeah. And um, it got to the end, got to the end and I was following the best I could and it got to the end and I think the last few minutes of that movie 
were silent. And I did not know how it ended. And that was really when I was like, okay, I need something else to help me watch this movie. Um, other than my wife, who was so kind, and because and, I was pissed off, to be totally honest with you. Mm. Um, and I was watching it by myself. And I told her about the experience later on. And, you know, the way HBO works, they kind of rebroadcast things all the time. And she found out when that movie was playing. And I think it was like the next day or that weekend. And she went and watched it just to be able to tell me what happened at the end. Mm. So... Yeah. That was uh yeah so that's 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 my wife and um she's also the person who first got me um into a theater with audio description so that was in 2007 I think it was when I first experienced audio description in a the movie theater because she was doing the research and found it It's um <clears throat> it's quite an adjustment isn't it I mean I I can't speak from personal experience on that one um because you know, I've had visual impairment my whole life, but mm-hmm. you know, coming to sight loss later in life. Um, it was, so, when, when, what age were you when you lost your your vision? You said eighteen years ago. Yeah, what I was thirty five. You just trying to find out how old I am. right? I was thirty five. Yeah, see, that was my <laughs> sneaky way of doing it. Um, now you got to do the math, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I can't do math. Are you kidding? Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so the thirty five. I mean, that's it's, it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's quite a way into your life to to have to deal with that. Can I ask what happened? Yeah, you can ask. Uh, I'm not going to tell you. No, I'm just checking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had um, a, a second incident of cancer. The first was as a child. So I lost my left eye as a child from retinoblastoma. Mm. And then my right eye um, as, a, as an adult at 35, there was another tumor um, in the, uh, behind the right eye. And it was extremely aggressive. Uh, working its way up the optic nerve. And so the best decision at that point was, it was a quick decision. It had to all happen relatively quickly. Um, And so that right eye was removed to save my life. And so, you know, at that time, just moved moved here to the Poconos where I live now, Uh, new home, built up the home from, from, you know, scratch. This was our our home. And I had a six-year-old at the time and my wife was pregnant with our second daughter. And so all of that happened at the same time. So that's, it's a whole lot was going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot to contend with at one mm-hmm. time. Um, and you're blessed, clearly, to, to have Absolutely. that. And, and a weird, it, it must be a very bittersweet feeling in some ways, because on one hand, you know, the removal of that eye saved your life. Yeah. But you had to give up vision for it, which is, um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a horrible yeah, position no buts, to be though. in. I don't think there's any buts with that one because mm. when you when you choose to me and I, I know a lot of people might think this is that goes into the perception about blindness about disability but to me um, I don't I don't think blindness is worse than death and I know there are a lot of people who probably mm. think something like that and um, you know I think uh, I'd agree I think with life that. is I think a whole lot more worth living yeah absolutely, absolutely. You, st- you know blindness doesn't have to be the end exactly it doesn't have yeah. to be the end for anyone it's I mean, I guess, as, as I know to some extent, and I, I, I don't doubt you do, that the challenge at the beginning, it maybe doesn't feel that way, but that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a feeling that perhaps is realized later, right? Yeah. Blind, blindness is my beginning. Mm. You know, my beginning with uh, my new career, absolutely. And all the things that I do now are 100% related to blindness. 100%. All the great people that I've met now, 18 years since... 100% because of blindness. So let's talk about all these cool things you're doing because yeah. it sounds like it's amazing. So you're doing um, audio, well, you're doing narration, you're doing the audio description narration, but you're doing voiceover work as well. You're doing lots of different things. So how did all that come about? I mean, you say, and I know you attribute it to blindness, but how did it actually come about? How did you get into all that? Why you don't believe me, Steve? What? <laughs> it's, 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 it's blindness. <laughs> it's just blindness. That's it. Yeah, the that's the it. blindness comes, a door opens, and you suddenly become an audio narrator. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, that's I, it. Now I understand. <laughs> what have I been doing wrong all these years? I'm not blind enough, clearly. No, so when I became blind, um, I, I also encountered not only inaccessibility of television and films, um, but I just in, encountered technology inaccessibility and I was an IT developer prior to losing my sight and so my first you know objective was to learn how to operate a computer and so I learned how to use JAWS and and learned all of that stuff in addition to all my O&M skills and all of that thing all of those things 
And um, the the software that I was using at work was totally inaccessible to me from the back end. Ironically, though, there were some front end things that were accessible. So because I had a good relationship with the company that I worked for, um, they wanted to make sure they kept me on. And and we did that for, for quite some time. But I was I took a uh, I took a I took a hit because I went from a developer to sort of like a customer service and no disrespect to customer service. Um, but it was more of one of those like a call center type of role where I was, you know, I would troubleshoot certain things that I could troubleshoot. And I was sort of like that front line. Um, and so, you know, that, that can play on an ego. But at, at the same time, just kind of because of blindness, and I, when I first did not have access to the technology, I was using a digital recorder to note take, um, to do all sorts of things. And one of those things that I kept doing at that time was uh, recording my kids because I was that father who used to kind of run around with the, with the video camera. Mm. Um, and so I couldn't do that, and so I was recording the kids. And so when I got access to a computer, I started to, I got Goldwave, uh, the uh, audio editing software that was accessible. And it was a single editor. And so I started chopping things up and playing with it. And, um, you know, it kind of took me back to, because I was like a bedroom DJ back in the day uh, in, in, in high school. And it never got further than the, <laughs> than the, the and I'm talking about like a, yeah, it never got further than the bedroom. Um, and so not, a, not necessarily a radio DJ, but like a hip hop DJ. So an actual mm. DJ with the two turntables and a mixer. And, um, yeah, and so it kind of took me back to some of that stuff that I used to do and, and, and making things on my own uh, with pause tapes and all of this type of stuff. And, and so I applied audio to everything that I was doing. So I was working with an advocacy, um, and that led me to just kind of continue and, and get better at that skill and create my podcast. And then from that point, everything stems from the podcast. So, so audio description work all stems from the podcast. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it really did all lead in, didn't it? Because you then, of course, become... Uh, when did you start with IDC? When did you start doing stuff with, with them? So IDC started in 2020. So it was the pandemic. So like mm. like so many things that happened in the pandemic that changed um, process. So prior to that, I was asking, uh, not IDC specifically, no, um, but I was asking people in the... In the audio description field uh, about getting access and why don't I see more blind people? Or are there? I was just really asking, are there blind people? And the, the common thread was, well, you know, I can see blind people doing some quality control and maybe even some audio editing because we know that there are a lot of blind folks who are doing audio editing. But narration, well, narration, you kind of need to be able to see the screen because the script is, is on the screen while the film is playing and you need to see time codes. And so I asked, well, OK, that's a process, but couldn't there be? Another process, because to me, it was like, well, why can't I just get the script and I'll voice it and then someone can edit it and put it where it needs to go. I think all of that has to happen anyway. And so I was kind of talking about some of that occasionally on the podcast um, because I did a, a lot of stuff about audio description. And um, fortunately, from my understanding, Eric was listening to the podcast, Eric from IDC. Mm -hmm. And um, I was actually in conversation with him on Twitter because I wanted to get them onto the podcast and we talked about it and he was actually in the process of, of thinking, you know, he was thinking about getting more blind folks involved and he was interested in it. And now the pandemic hit. And so no one could go into an actual studio. So they were looking for people who had the capability of recording at home. Um, he knew he heard the podcast. He knew that I had the capability of producing because um, I do it all from home. And he liked my voice. And so he was, you know, we got to talking. He said, well, what, what would the process look like? So we talked about it and we worked it out. And the rest is history. So talk, talk me through the process. I mean, I understand the, the, the basics. And I think anybody, you know, watching this who's, who's blind will be saying, yeah, you get the script, you use JAWS or you use Braille or whatever. And, you know, you, you read it and, and that's it. But don't tell me there's no more to it than that. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, otherwise it's a short interview. But I, I, I wonder because you know I, I think about those things you talked about, like time coding and stuff like that. You know, do, you, you obviously have to get a pace. You have to obviously get a 
you know, are, are you able to hear the track of the, the the show to know how much room you have to insert your voice? I mean, what's, what is the process? So the process with IDC specifically is they send me a script and that script will have a line number and a, 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 a that script will have a line number and the dialogue. Okay, so that could be one sentence. It could be multiple sentences, right, in that one line item. Um, And that line item usually corresponds to a frame rate. Uh, But I don't necessarily need that because I'm not doing the editing and I'm not necessarily lining it up like that. Um, And the, the, the dialogue will also include some notation about how to deliver that. So. Brisk is a word that we hear pretty often in in there. Just, you know, say it as fast as you possibly can. Mm. Um, And so I will I will go through that script and record on my side. And then, you know, again, following all of the the direction within the dialogue notation and then send them the file. And so some of that, you know, I would I pay attention to sort of what's, you know, you can get a sense of what's kind of happening. If, if the person is talking about smiling, then you obviously know that it's, it's a, you know, it's something happy and you may want to reflect that in your voice a little bit, but in the, in the notes, in the way audio description is done, it's still, especially by the majors and I call the majors, you know, things for Netflix, right? Things Mm. for Amazon, HBO, all of those guys. Um, and the way it's done, it's pretty still that standard sort of kind of flat delivery. So there's not that much, but some folks might take a little bit. You know, you could put a little bit of emotion in there. Um, sometimes I would like to put in a little bit more or I would like to as a listener, I like to hear a little bit more. And I know everyone is different. Um, so I play around with that slightly. So it's not over the top. You're never going to hear that over the top from me on something like that. I would love to. I would love to. So maybe when that starts opening up and folks want to actually play around with that a little bit more, that would be great. But in terms of the process, I mean, that part of it is straightforward, right? Line number, sentence, dialogue, line number, dialogue. And so obviously what you want to do is to make sure those are the takes are right. Right. So sometimes what will happen is that after you do all of that and you send them a clean file um, because, you know, you don't want to have large breaks in between that file. Um, you don't want to have ums, <laughs> anything like that. You're just reading the straight, the straight text. Uh, but you may have pickups, and, and a round of pickups are that could be, you know, that could be things that I fumbled, words, names. Uh, that that can definitely happen. Um, mm. Or they might change something on their side because maybe in the QC process, oh wait, we don't like that sentence. Let's change it. Or sometimes even you know they may have added something to the film. They got a new delivery of that that project, and something new is in there. That could definitely happen. So then you got to do a round of pickups. Um, that's usually that's usually straightforward. That that's it right there. What I would say is that you know that's not that's not sexy, right? That doesn't sound sexy. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's not it doesn't sound fun like because to a certain degree I wouldn't classify that process as as fun for a lot of people. I I enjoy it. I don't mind it. I enjoy it because I like working with audio and I like working with voice and I like doing that, but I think a lot of people think that it's a it's a fun sort of sexy thing because it's on television, because it's in the movies, like it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And that's why when, when I talk to people, I'm like, eh, you might not, you know, you might want to try it and find out that you don't like that. Because again, there's, there's certain audio editing that you need to do. You need to clean things up. Um, you should take out certain, certain things, pops, right? Pops in the voice, in the way you speak. Those things should come out. I take them out. Um, I do little work like that. Uh, but I mean, it's it's like you know, I enjoy a of, of, of a Sunday, I enjoy eating a sausage, but I don't know if I'd want to see one be made. <laughs> I really enjoy it, but I don't. Only I don't on know Sundays. Only on Sundays. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very restrained. That's good. Um, That's good. <laughs> just the rest of the week, it's chocolate and and, and everything else. But um, yeah. it's interesting because for from a voice actor's point of view, as you are, and I've done a little bit of this as well. I do understand this, but the audience probably doesn't fully understand it. That that is how it works, isn't it? You you don't you don't always see the finished product, as in you wouldn't see the film beforehand. 
you you're not getting access to that. And the same with if you, you were doing a commercial. You can though. You can. There, right, okay. there are some right. So that was the IDC. Where there are some places that you can get the film. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think that helps me. Um, I can get a sense of it through the dialogue and hearing it, but I, I haven't found that that really affects it that much. I like I like the direction that's included in there. Um, I'm good with that. So, but but again, it can be done either way. There's a, another way is that it can be done remotely. So you can get on what's, what's called Source Connect, sort of like just a Zoom session or whatever, something like that. But it's a better mm-hmm. connection, and you can have direction from someone on the other side. So an actual director who's kind of giving you, okay, say that like this or say that differently, emote this way, do that take again, do that type of thing, and they're recording it on their side. I actually was very intimidated by that process in the beginning. And I come to actually like that now. Like, I really mm. like that because it's helpful to get that direction. And you're kind of doing it all right there. It's, it's done. Yeah. It's instant. It's done. And that's that's kind of nice. That's kind of cool. Uh, do you ever um, do you ever take issue with any of the description? Do you ever sort of think to yourself? Because I, I, I assume you get a hand in some of the description in, in terms of the language. Do you ever read something and think that doesn't seem to make sense, or do you do you trust the writers? How does that work? Yeah, so if, if I see something that doesn't make sense or it's questioning, and sometimes you know it might be grammatical, it could just be a typo, things mm. like that. I'll correct it, um, like you know, you know, you know, if it's a typo, right? Um, yeah. I I have suggested things to folks that I've worked with that some have been accepted, some have been like, oh no, we need to keep that like that for a reason. Um, and so, you know, but I think most most places that I've worked with are open to that, are open to some suggestions. And again, it's I'm I'm just doing it strictly based on the script, usually not having seen it. So sometimes my suggestions are more so questions like, why are you using this term? Is was that because maybe they're using that term because it was used in the film itself? Um, so, yeah, but but I think most places that I've worked with have been open to those things. Well, um. <clears throat> <clears throat> What's been your favorite movie project to work on as and what any particular movie that you've been you've just really enjoyed working on or you've been excited to work on? I think I'm going to have to say and I, and I think it's because I knew that there would be uh some interest from people that I knew and that was the the I have a I have I got a story to tell. It was the Biggie Notorious BIG hmm. documentary. And that was cool because I knew I could tell my nephews. <laughs> I could mm. tell my kids, like, oh, I'm going to be on that, that Biggie doctor. And, and, you know, and folks that I know. And, um, you know, a lot of people kind of enjoyed that. Um, one of the things that I kind of become known for uh, is talking about representation in, in audio description and cultural competence and, and having narrators on the projects that represent the project. And um, I think the result of doing that one was clear because I remember on Twitter there were just folks who were talking about it like they were happy. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm specifically talking about other black folks who were kind of happy that that representation was there mm-hmm. with, uh, with that documentary specifically. And, you know, there were some people like, oh, like your voice fit. You sound like you like you're there. I mean, I used to live down the block from biggie when i lived in brooklyn for two years but but that has nothing to do with me doing the ad but i guess it's just you know i mean i i sound like i'm from new york and and so that fit you know i remember i was approached some years ago a couple years ago about doing a project that had it was more so about i think it was a it was a it was an asian project and this person wanted me to do it and i was like i don't think you want my my voice on this it doesn't fit and they were like, they were adamant. No, I really want your voice. And I, I was like, no, I don't, I can't do it because culturally, this is an Asian cultural project, this documentary. And while I appreciate the fact that you like my voice, I don't think I represent it. And, and I would not want to be of that culture and hear my voice on that. I don't, I don't think it's right. It just didn't seem right. And I encouraged that person to find someone who fit. So... Do you think, think it's that, important? 
Yeah. Do you think that that's where IDC are getting it right? Not necessarily that they're focusing on getting voices on uh, on the AD tracks who are blind or partially sighted, but actually because they're also trying to diversify within the diversity itself? Is yeah, I don't think it's an or. I think it's an and. I think, yeah. I think those are two things that they're doing right. Um, and yeah, But one's I mean, led could, to the other, hasn't it? One's, one's allowed the other I don't, to happen. I don't, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know because I think, I think Eric was interested in both of those things. Um, I'm not sure if one led to the other. That would probably be a question for him. But I think the, the blindness part specifically, you know, blind people started audio description. And that's something that I think we, we always need to understand and mention that. Blind mm. folks started audio description. Blind people have been involved with audio description from the beginning. However, sometimes we, you know, you know how things happen. You know those sighties. <laughs> they start to get involved. You know, you, they, you get a couple of sighties in there. <laughs> it goes but, one of two I mean, ways. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> it can go really well or like yeah. audiobooks really well or you know yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> <Or> the other way <laughs> and so yeah and, and so it just people started to take that I think audio description and look at it as though it was a charity and mm. audio description is not a charity you know there's people I'm not going to say people make big money I don't think people make big money um, but like anything else people are making money and, and when people start to think of this as a charity and they just think that they have to do it for you, um, that becomes something totally different. I like to, to be totally honest with you. My whole involvement with audio description stemmed from this idea that it's empowering, that I want to see more blind people doing this in whatever aspect of audio description. And I mean whatever. I'm talking about uh, writing audio description. I've been involved with all blind pro- all blind people on audio description, producing that audio description. Everyone was blind, and that was a fantastic project. The writer was blind. Um, you know, I want to see more of that because I think that's. I don't see why not. I don't see who knows audio description better than we do. Mm-hmm. Who knows what we so, want exactly? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Here's here's a question for you. Have you ever been? Because, you know, you're doing a lot of this and you're turning up in a lot of shows. I've heard your voice on a number of films and TV shows and especially Netflix me? over here. No, you not at all. I love your voice, Thomas. I love it. I honestly, it, I do. I appreciate um, it. And, you know, I think that's the thing I was talking about with Eric and, and Liz earlier, you know, the fact that I love the attention to the detail, the mixing, the voice. It doesn't, it's no longer some disembodied voice it's part of the show. And I think it's like you say, you know, it's about making sure the voice fits the film or the voice fits the story or the documentary or the show or whatever it is. You know, if it's, like, if it's a kid's show and it's a young female, you know, in her 20s that's doing the voice, that makes total sense, right? Mm-hmm. She's happy, mm-hmm. she's up. That makes total sense. Um, if it's a dark documentary about, you know, some evil person or, you know, <laughs> every single documentary near enough seems to be about <laughs> someone who's committed umpteen crimes. Yeah. Um yeah. You know, that that needs a different kind of voice. And it's so important that that gets married together and, and they do that really well. Um, but I wonder, from your point of view, right, so so projects you've worked on um, and, and with all the work you've done, do you ever sit down sometimes, put on a Netflix show and think, oh, God, this is me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got to listen to myself. Or, or does, that, does, that, does it ruin a film for you if, you, if you've been looking forward to it? <laughs> Like that documentary, yeah. for example, yeah. that's a good example. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one that I watched that I did because mm-hmm. I didn't watch anything else that I did prior to that one. Um, and it, even the first one, like everybody would think, you think I'm going to go and watch the first one that I did, which was Skin Decision with IDC. And um, I never watched it. My kids, my kids watched it. They enjoyed it. And they actually was like, hey, I think you would like the show. Like, it was cool. Um, I was like, no, nah, I can't. I can't do it. That's too weird. Because I, I watch a lot of things on... Netflix or, you know, I like usually when I'm quote unquote watching something, I'm actually like on the treadmill. I'm multitasking because I'm, I'm of the age where if I sit down and watch it, I'm probably going to fall asleep. <laughs> then it's no disrespect to the show. It's just me. Like you put me in a car, I'm going to sleep. OK, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm yep. a baby that way. But, <laughs> but, you know, so so I it's just weird for me to be on a treadmill 
listening to myself. Like, I just felt that that was weird. So, but I do, I did want to listen to see if I can improve. So I have to listen like that critically um, and try to improve and say, oh, you know, you can say that differently or, or whatever the case may be. So now I just put my headphones on. <laughs> so nobody knows what I'm doing. But you, you it, must, it is sound, a little you, weird. You, you sound like you really love what you do. And, and you obviously have to, this is a job that you have to love what you do, otherwise there's no point doing it, right? I mean, you've got to love it. And, um, I, I, you know, is this is this part of a, a longer-term project? Do you want to do more of this? Do you want to get more involved? I mean, it sounds like you, you actually want to engage further with the audio description as, it, as the years go on. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely engaging in further in audio description right now. I mean, so, so narrating is just part of what I'm doing with it. Um, consulting is, is fantastic. I do a lot of panels and workshops as well now um, because I'm, I'm really into, I, I mentioned that I said that the, the, the commercial stuff, the big leagues, the Netflix, the HBOs, that's, that's sort of one thing. But I'm really excited about all the AD that happens outside of that, the independent stuff, a lot of things within the disability community. That's, to me, is where audio description is sort of the, the envelope is getting pushed, right? Is that the phrase? Pushing the envelope? Yeah. 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 So, so I think that's where you find that because audio description is, is such a creative tool. And right now it's viewed sort of as a accessibility. But mm-hmm. the truth is, is that audio description, if we move that from the post-production where it's done right now, and if directors had that tool, producers, writers, um, and, and looking at audio description and considering it from the beginning of their project, I really think that, that we would not only benefit from that, but I think everyone would benefit from that. Because I think artistically, there's a lot that AD can provide to a director, to a writer. Um, just think about how much audio could influence a movie from the beginning, if it was included. So you might not even need AD, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's cool things that are happening with AD um, that, you know, I talk about some of them, shameless plug for the podcast, but it's not really shameless because it's, it's applicable. Um, I talk about some of them on the podcast. Um, I do a series called Flipping the Script on Audio Description, and we talk about some of these things. We hear about people who are doing exciting things with audio description. And, and I get really excited about that. I get excited because audio description impacts other areas. We're talking about, you know, we talked a little bit about representation. We talked about the empowerment. We talk about how relationships are, are impacted by audio description, right? We think about, think about how many people, you know, we know about the unemployment rate amongst people who are blind, um, and just think about how many times employment situations are affected by conversations about movies, right? Just relationship building. Like all of this stuff, to me, are the, are the really cool things to talk about. And it stems from audio description. That's what makes me excited about audio description. As I like to say, it's about more than entertainment. That's what I'm about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, just before you go, um, before I let you go, um, you kicking me out. I'm kicking you out already, Steve. I thought uh, we were hanging out, man. <laughs> I thought we were hanging out, man. <laughs> um, what about? So tell me about your podcast. Tell me about your your work you do. Tell me about the radio. Tell me everything you're doing outside of of the AD. Sure, sure. Yeah, so the podcast is called Read My Mind Radio. I know it's a podcast, and I put radio in there. Duh. Well, that confused me. You see that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Me right I know. I know. I didn't. I didn't necessarily think about branding in the beginning of my podcast. <laughs> I should have. I really should have. But I, I was just. I was just into the. Um, I was into the art of making, and and so my mm-hmm. podcast is a. It's a narrative podcast. I use sound design and and music to tell stories of compelling people impacted by all degrees of blindness and disability, and and we touch on topics. You meet some fantastic people. Um, but again, it's about empowering, not in that quote unquote inspirational porn way. It's mm-hmm. about 
you know, really, really taking a look at at people and what and focus on what they're doing. Um, I told you I talk about audio description. I'm in the actually I'm wrapping up this first season of 2022 with a season that I call Doing Your Thing with Disability. And um, I really like that because when we talk about disability a lot in the, you know, in the mainstream, it's always about overcoming the disability. And, mm-hmm. and I don't do audio narration. I don't produce audio by overcoming my blindness. I told you it was all because of blindness. I do it with my blindness. And I don't want people to, to take that away. Like to make, you know, don't make yourself feel better by thinking I did this by overcoming my blindness. No, I didn't. And, and the cool things that, that I mean, the cool people that, that I get to meet who are doing things, most of them are doing it with their disability. And I want, I wanted to shine on that. So like this episode that I got coming up, um, and I don't know when this post, but I guess it will be posted because I posted tomorrow. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to feature this, this young rapper, he's blind and, and his whole crew, these, these bunch of producers, rappers and, and mixers and engineers, they're all blind and they, and they work together. And that's something that excites me because I, I want to see more stories about, us working together and when i say us i mean the big us and that's um that's that's people with disabilities so it's not just blind people you know not just whatever it's it's all of us kind of working together and 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 doing this same thing that i said about audio description like you know the project all a bunch of blind people who could we we do this we can do this and we should be doing this and i'm here for that i'm here for anybody who wants to do this um and wants to you know wants to to and I can't say it any better than wants to do this. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Thomas Reed joining me here on Double Tap. A fascinating conversation. Fantastic guy. Uh, we're back tomorrow with lots more. Thank you so much for listening. Keep your feedback coming. Feedback at ami.ca or call one 803 4567 Catch you tomorrow. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.